0: I look forward to Passover because like Linda Brun said, I love this beautiful intergenerational evening and dinner that has so many meaningful things that resonate for me and for our community. I look forward to Pesach because I get stuck in some of my old Patterns of worrying too much, or being too self-absorbed. Yes, those are some of Kent's challenges. I yearn for this annual reminder that I should not give up on entrenched problems because Passover can give me the courage and the inspiration that I yearn for to set out on my own path towards liberty. If you have not experienced Passover before, you are warmly invited to be our guest this year. Passover creates a beautiful environment to celebrate the history of efforts for liberation, and it creates a caring and supportive environment where you can reflect on where you might be struggling in your life. And, and in that environment, you just feel the reality that you are not alone if you feel like you need some assistance in leaving behind old patterns in your life. So why not give Passover a try? It might just have some of that encouragement that you need. The Torah tells that for 210 years, Jewish folks were enslaved Brutally, they were forced to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses. And over these hundreds of years of slavery, when they were constantly beaten and abused, they could have been broken as a people. The Hebrew slaves could have lost all hope, but they did not. Generation after generation kept the embers of hope burning by reminding their young people and themselves, for that matter, that God had promised Abraham that they, he would settle them as a great people in a land of their own. So the Jewish people, did just not, they didn't just sit back in slave quarters waiting for some magical God to come out of nowhere and break their chains and then send a chariot to send them off to another place. No, they got together and put all of their heart into efforts to find a way to freedom. This was a time of climbing over fences and crawling through the mud. This was a time of making something happen against all odds. The news of the Pharaoh's order had come into their homes like a huge rock shattering their front window, shattered their reality, this order that all new Hebrew sons were to be murdered. And so at that time, a band of women organized subversively with a liberating defiance. The midwives, Shifra and Puah, quietly went about their work, carefully wrapping the babies, quietly finding ways to shepherd the babies out the back doors into the hiding places and into a newly, quickly developing underground railroads to save innocent life. Moses' mother and his sister Miriam and the daughter of the pharaoh who broke out of the palace, couldn't accept it. They all conspired to save baby Moses. They wrapped him in a blanket and put him in this basket. And then you can only imagine them going down to the river. What terror in their hearts to know the consequences if they got caught. They would. The consequences would be terrible beyond imagination for getting caught, for violating the rules, and they put this basket boat into the river, having praying that somebody down the river would take this baby in, and somebody did, and he grew up to be a great leader for his people. Now, I imagine when I think back on this story, these women who were finding unbelievable courage to risk, to save others, they must have needed something to, to help them move forward. So they were probably thinking back to other courageous women that went before them in the biblical lineage. They might have been remembering women like Rachel and Ruth, disobedient daughters who elbowed their way to the feast in order to help their families and their communities. We here today draw upon the valiant sacrifices made by Rachel and Ruth and Shifra and Pua and Miriam and countless other nameless, courageous women and people, we here today celebrate that we too have family and friends and community leaders who we are connected to who have with resilient spiritual energy worked on behalf of freedom. Let's call them into our hearts at this time. Hold them up in your mind's eye and draw upon those people to help us break our chains and find a way out towards the relief that we need. Mark Morrison Reed is one of those people for me. Unitarians from Chicago. In his book, Mark shares about growing up black in Chicago. He was called the blatant racist N-word on the playground more than once because of Mark's skin color. The father of one of his first girlfriends prohibited them from spending any more time together. He remembers they, they were walking home from school happy and smiling and then she was told by her father how it was gonna be and that was it. She never really talked to him again. and He remembers the shock and trying to process that as a little boy, something no one should have to go through. But Mark also experienced those kinds of shocks and pains as an adult because Mark is a person of color The well-educated parents of the white woman who would become his wife tried for years to stop their daughter from marrying him. This is a woman who he met in Unitarian Seminary, and she became a career Unitarian minister. Her parents were opposed to interracial marriage. As a Unitarian Universalist minister, Mark observed that Many times when folks in our predominantly white denomination said that they wanted integration in their community, at some level they also meant assimilation. Mark has observed many folks of color receiving this message at different levels for years in UU communities, you can be black in our predominantly white denomination, we want to have black folks here, but at some level you have to act white. Painful. That's painful. Mark shares his history of having painful longings for increased formalized rituals of hope and stories of courage for African Americans. He said he really came to believe we need a black Haggadah that begins... We were stolen from Africa and enslaved in America, the land of liberty. And we need a time to set aside when families gather for a meal to retell the tale using a newer, truer narrative. Black history is America's history. Being a slave is as American as George Washington and apple pie. Being a slave is as American as George Washington and apple pie. The Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, the Great Migration, and the Civil Rights Movement are more central to the American story than the established tale of the pilgrims, which was embellished and elevated to be an all-American feast day story. The Afro-American journey from slavery to freedom is the saga of the unfinished revolution, the unfolding story of America, our beloved America. Mark's ministry has been a great blessing to many people as he has reclaimed stories of courage, songs of hope, and rituals of freedom. He has been unearthing Haggadah stories that were lost. He wrote the landmark book on race relations in the Unitarian Universalism. Black Pioneers in a White Denomination is required reading for every seminarian. I think it should be required reading for every member of every UU church. And in this book, which was his doctoral thesis, He excavates the stories of a number of ministers of color, including one, Elthridge Brown, who came to the United States from his Unitarian ministry in Jamaica. Reverend Brown encountered many significant obstacles, including blatant racism from headquarters. Nevertheless, he managed to bring many lasting blessings to his ministry in Harlem and to our whole religious movement. Reverend Brown wanted to integrate the best of what he saw in his two traditions, the spiritual and emotional depth of the black religious experience and the intellectualism of Unitarianism. He felt that freedom was central to both the black experience and the Unitarian experience, but there were problems because of different Socioeconomic, political experiences, freedom was thought of differently, uh, embraced differently, and that caused challenges. Well, we have come to know and believe after a lot of pain in our movement and our local church and a lot of hard, great work. People in this church have been working with all heart and soul for decades to try and improve as. Has been happening in a lot of other places in our denomination. These challenges and pains also offer great opportunities for us to truly get to a place where I think so many of us want to be a part of the human family, the rich diversity of um, focusing on our commonalities and celebrating our differences. I think that's the congregation so many of us hunger for and are working to be a part of here today. And when we're honest about who we are and our strengths and our weaknesses, Mark Morrison-Reed and I, and I know many of you believe that we can find tremendous spiritual nourishment and emotional depth in our Unitarian Universalist religion. And we can also have intellectual freedom working on behalf of social, economic, and political liberation. We can do it all, I believe, if we stand on the bedrock of love instead of fear. Love helps us see that we should not accept these social segregations of being different from each other, but embrace our commonalities. When we stand on the bedrock of love, we can live out the Hebrew tradition which teaches when reflecting on the Exodus story, every person in every generation should feel as if he or she was redeemed from Egypt. If we stand on the bedrock of love, we can have a Haggadah, a holy book which gives history and instructions for a living. We can have a Haggadah for the human family. If we do our spiritual work with honesty, we can have a Seder where African-Americans have an authentic and meaningful place at the table. We can have a Seder where gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender folks have a place at the table and their story is told. Our Seder table has a seat for people with physical disabilities Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, short people, tall people, people of medium height, we have a seat for straight, white men who like football and hamburgers. (laughs) When reflecting on the Exodus story, every person in every generation should feel as if he or she were redeemed from Egypt. In order to have this kind of a celebration, which I believe so many of us hunger for and would benefit from, and that's what we're building here, we can't just stand back thinking God's going to fly in, put the hammer on the chains, break them apart, and then send in the chariot to take us off to another land. This is the work of here and now. Right now, got to get in a place in our hearts to feel that we want to do it and can do it. And it often requires revisiting the question for each person to ask, what shape does bondage take in your life? How is oppression manifesting in your life? Do you suffer from too much fear, too much shame, anger, or jealousy? Do you suffer inordinately from thinking that you are not good enough? Or do you suffer too much from thinking that you are above it all and better than everybody else? In the context of your life, can Passover be a time to ask how with others you can conspire to break these bonds. We should keep it real and acknowledge that in doing this work, the unknown is scary. Going off into the wilderness for the slaves was scary. We don't leave our old oppressive ways of trying to control our loved ones or being too hard on ourselves. Because we know exactly how the new way is going to look. It doesn't work like that. If you're going to commit to being less angry, you can't make that change contingent on having a guarantee of exactly how the new, less angry you is going to look. You probably don't know. You're probably going to make mistakes on your journey out towards freedom. You might consider saying, spirit of life, I don't know how to be less angry, but I'm going to try. I have some people in my life who don't suffer from anger, and I'm going to ask them for help. I'm going to put out my hand and let somebody else take it and pull me along For a little while, Moses' mother and sister showed the way to freedom, and I'm going to let somebody show me the way. Judaism is a religion deeply rooted in the social justice imperative. No person is truly free until we are all free. In our Seder meal, we will eat bitter herbs to remember the tears shed before, during, and after the exodus. Pesach is a call for those who are hungry to come and eat. Those who are in distress should come with their anxieties and a willingness to look for new beginnings. Be open to a new way of life. Be open to a new way of life and together, in community with the spirit of life, we can continue to redeem ourselves and redeem each other. Blessings be. Amen.